Yo, happy Thanksgiving again, brother. Um, how I hope everything was well. Yeah, man, can't complain. Quiet and peaceful, like always. Well, yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, um, I, I know for me, I I went in as usual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, had a great time, man. Love love being around the family. Such a um, a special time. I mean. I think when you start to reflect and you know a lot of things that we talk about we, we ne- one of the things i think we could do probably a better job is talking about gratitude and the things that we are thankful for and and you know thanksgiving at this time of year um is very special because you get to be around your your loved ones and and cherish those moments and those conversations and you know uh in the past you know the old timers right they would give you stories and you could pass on story from generation to generations. It's a lost art at this particular point in time. But, um, I I get, I get really, um, I don't want to say emotional, but like Thanksgiving has for a long time been my, my favorite holiday, uh, more so than, than Christmas because it it is an opportunity for you to, to pause and, and, and recognize what you actually are, are grateful for and thankful for. So I know, um, we didn't have a chance to do this before Thanksgiving, but I wanted to give a big shout out to my two daughters, uh, Anaya and Miss Harper. Um, tremendous, tremendously, tremendously proud of both of them, and very, very grateful for them, as as well as my entire family. But uh, my two babies, you know, super grateful for them. What about you? Oh man, it's um, it's just the holiday season. I've been working on a lot of stuff for 2023. I'm extremely grateful. Uh, for my two girls, my wife and my daughter, uh, they are my why. They are, they are the gas in my engine. Uh, I mean, I'm already, I'm already wound tight when it comes to trying to get something done anyway. But then those two just have me take it to another level. And so, um, as long as those two are good, I'm good. Everything else is kind of gravy. So yeah, I'm, I'm extremely appreciative of those two. Yeah. And I, I would be remiss as a host of the show if I didn't say how how much I'm grateful for you. Um, I, I appreciate you stepping up and filling in and doing a lot of stuff on the back end. I know we talked about that a couple of episodes ago, but uh, much love and respect to you, brother, for, for what you do um, for this podcast. And, and obviously, I think we both um, owe a huge debt of gratitude towards Adam. Oh, yes. Um, and I'm also throwing Lacey, right? So hopefully you don't mind me saying his wife's name. No, um, you're, it's all good. But uh, a, a big shout out to them, um, you know, because Lacey allows Adam enough leash uh, to, to, to come out us. and hang out with us and come home smelling like smoke at times and things like that. So uh, big shout out to, to Adam and the, and the Hayes family. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited, man. We are we're rocking and rolling. We're knocking on the door of 2024 in the year of our Lord. Can you imagine? In the time we're in elementary school, middle school, and high school, like, hey, one day the calendar's going to say 2024. I, I think it's, we thought the world's going to shut down in 2000. In 2000. Yeah. Just, okay, it's going to hit two, 12 o'clock and everything's <laughs> going to go black. Yeah, so that's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I remember because I was in college in 2000, like I was I was a freshman in college, I think, or maybe a sophomore, but um, I remember all of that, right? And then they were like, hey, uh, all these computer programs are not yep. they're not ready for it everything's going to shut down they, no one crash no one knew what was going yeah what was going to happen but but it's interesting that you took me back to college um you know our guest that we're going to introduce here in a second um is from the A the ATL ATL Shotty what up um and i had a very very uh memorable experience in Atlanta but we'll we'll tap into that here momentarily Welcome back to the Vision Lab Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Cuffey, alongside my co-host, Mr. Ryan Mosley. The Vision Lab is the official growth mindset podcast to all visionaries worldwide, and we're showing mad love to the cigar community. It's here in the lab where we uncover people's visions and dreams and how those dreams come into reality. Folks, it's all about tapping into and becoming the absolute best versions of ourselves through self-discovery, self-examination, and self-actualization. Mo, I'm excited. I want to give you another uh, big ups and props for, for getting this guest. Um, you know, this is my lane. This is this is the language that I speak. So This is, this is the hill you, yes, you chose to stand that, upon. 100%. And I'm so, so excited. So, Mo, who do we got on the show today? Cuff, today's guest is a native of Atlanta, Georgia. She is a serial entrepreneur in the, uh, the real estate space. Um, she does all kind of fun things, and and like I like I said earlier, this is a hill that that you have been standing on yes. and waving the flag for a couple of years now from a business standpoint. Yes. So uh, that being said, please welcome Miss Jasmine Dudley to the Vision Lab podcast. 
What up, what up, what up, Shawty? Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> ATL, Shawty, what's ATL, good? What it do, what it do? <laughs> now, hold on. What it do? That's Texas, isn't it? It's all a blend at this point. Is it? It's all, right, it's it's all, all a blend okay. together. Okay, okay. But okay. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we are so happy and excited to have you on the show. Of course, we had an opportunity to, to, to chop it up a couple of weeks ago, maybe about a month or so ago, and... Um, like seriously indebted to the information that you so willingly shared. Um, but I want to go back to Atlanta real quick. Oh, boy. Okay. So <laughs> you're, you're here in Dallas, right? Yes. But um, you 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 are from Atlanta. From and From the A. Now, do they call it ATL? And I'm, I've always wondered that because, you know, like people in that, like from, I'm from Arlington, <laughs> like, like some people will say Agtown or whatever, but like if you're outside, they, they, everybody says Arlington. Do y'all call it the A or you call it ATL? I don't know what we call it. Yeah, it's Atlanta. There's no T in there. No, right. It's Atlanta. Yeah, it's Atlanta. 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 Yeah. You know, it is what it is. We call it the A. Call it. Call it home. You know. Yeah. Well, I have. Um, Atlanta's always been a really, really cool place. You know, the mecca, as as I used to kind of refer to it as. But, um, you know, back in early, I think it was two thousand one, two thousand two, something like that. Um. Atlanta had the NBA All-Star game, right? Mm. I'm in college, you know, I got a couple of nickels to rub together just to make some that's things cold. pop. Yeah, that's it. Other than that, it was Lent. But, um, you know, we, we flipped. I, I went to school in Nashville, okay. right? So I flipped down there to Atlanta, hung out with my homies from uh, from Dallas, and, and we met up out here, out in Atlanta, and kicked it. Lennox Mall. Ooh. I will never, ever, ever <laughs> forget Lennox Mall. Let me tell you a quick story, man. Um, Lennox Mall, what is it? Is it three stories high? Yeah. Maybe four? Okay. So we're standing at, first of all, it's NBA All-Star Weekend. And, um, you know, they've got probably sixty to 70,000 people that are in Lennox Mall. All right? at one time. At one time. <laughs> and let's be honest, okay, it's just, it is what it is. It's NBA. It's basketball. It's mostly us yeah. that are out there. You feel me? So I'm standing probably on this like the third level, and I'm looking down, um, kind of like on a on a banister, if you will, like a long glass railing, and I'm looking over and I'm just looking at all these people, and this is my 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 biggest thought or, or memory from from Atlanta, uh, <laughs> and I looked behind me and there's like a Jared or some jewel jewelry store, you know what I mean, um, and I remember saying to myself, yo. If shit pops off, this is going to be ugly. Like, cats are going to come out here with so much jewelry and <laughs> diamonds. And th- like, if, if they wanted to bum rush that place, it would have been a massive come up. But um, had such a tremendous time in Atlanta. Why, why, why would that be one of your thoughts? Well, first of all, I'm 19, 20 years old, you know, and, and <laughs> I, I always, you like where you like to see stuff pop off. <laughs> right. Oh, no, it wasn't that. even that. No, no. The opposite. You know, uh, I'm, I'm 360 degrees of awareness. Uh, so I need to understand what's going what's on. Happening? And I'm like, wait a minute. This is like it took us two and a half hours to get inside the mall, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, there's just it's just so many people in one one sitting. You know what I mean? And I'm like, okay, this is cool, but something you know in my brain was like, look, you need to be on high alert. You need to understand what's going on and kind of keep your head on the swivel. You know what I mean? And I it just dawned on me like, yo, there's this. <laughs> jewelry store right here behind me a Jarrett's or gallery or whatever they call them Zales or something. something like that and I was just like man I feel I would feel really really bad for them um if something popped off and so I'll never forget that about Atlanta of course we did some other things that I won't say on the microphone because I have two beautiful daughters but <laughs> we had such a tremendous time in Atlanta I, I I'm always been a big big fan of Atlanta and yeah. uh the people that come out of there so yeah big ups I got some good people coming. Yeah, out I, and I, I love mean, hello. You know, <laughs> case in point, right case here. Case in point. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, Mo, uh, w- what are we talking about today? I'm, I'm excited. So, we're in the the real estate space on multiple levels, and one of the hills that you've been standing on for two and a half, three years now, shouting like literally <laughs> lone lone wolf, like waving the flag, like look, y'all, we please need- listen to me. Yeah, please listen to me. There's this thing called arbitrage. There's this thing called Airbnb, blah, blah, blah. Like, we need to do it. And, you know, we did other stuff, made money or whatever, but you never gave up. <laughs> and so I was at church one day, and saw my wife talking to this lady, and, you know, my wife being a, an advocate for me was like, oh, you should talk to my husband. Turned out to be Jasmine. And we exchanged information. 
And she's like, well, this is what I do. And I said, and you were in Columbia at the time. Yeah. And I told her on the phone, I said, my partner gets back next week. He's going to have a conversation <laughs> with you. <laughs> well, I did, did I tell you the yeah, truth? Absolutely. Like she told me what she was into. And I, and my, in my head, cause I told you when you left for Columbia, it's like, when you get back, I'll try to have something that's forward motion on it. And we had the conversation. I told her, I said, when my partner gets back, he's going to have a conversation with you. Yes. And, um, yeah. So, you know, I guess we use the word arbitrage, mm-hmm. uh, corporate housing, Airbnb, all that umbrella. She's got her hands firmly planted in it. And I remember she told me about it. I just thought, I can't wait till Cuff gets back. <laughs> yeah. I it, can't wait till he gets back. It, it, it certainly was and is a blessing. And I'm, I'm grateful for, for that, um, that conversation. I don't believe that it will be the last one that we have um, outside of this, this podcast as well. But I think the timing of this is so, so um, uh, like, poignant right mm-hmm. um we're getting ready to turn the calendar if we're all blessed to see you know what god has in store for us for 2024 i think this is a way for people to um you know inflation is high right and and it's really impacting a lot of people i think we this is a way for you to make some additional income or have an additional stream of revenue uh for you for your household etc so i uh let's just get into it right yes, let's do it. so you got airbnb mm-hmm. you got STR short-term rentals Mm -hmm. you've got uh arbitrage Mm -hmm. right like what do all these things mean like if you could kind of give our listeners we call them visionaries by the way but if you can kind of give them a high level overview of what we're talking about yeah so I like to break it down like this when I'm coaching my clients or teaching one of my classes that in this space with uh, midterm rentals or short-term rentals you just become the middleman and everybody knows that the middleman gets a nice little cut, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so in this space of Airbnb, when you look at the platform and think about what it is, is you technically, um, in the space that I'm in, I don't um, own most of the properties. We um, arbitrage the properties where we go and rent from someone else um, and then in turn, um, you know, furnish the properties and then we find an end renter. Um, to rent the property either for a weekend or for a few months. And I like to have mine in for a few months. And so um, I basically become the middleman for these properties um, where people are looking to stay short term or stay um, maybe just a few more weeks or a few more months um, for whatever reason they need to come to the city to do that. Um, And as the middleman person, I make the difference and I get to set that difference between what the rental office would make on a lease um, and, you know, what the customer would typically pay. So that's pretty much what it is. So for those that may have missed it uh, on the arbitrage side, of the actual arbitrage is you um, placate as a middle person Mm -hmm. between a um, leaser Mm -hmm. and a leasee. Mm -hmm. You've already have the establishment, the domicile, whatever that is, whether that's an apartment or the house. Mm -hmm. And whoever's looking for a place to live anywhere between a couple of weeks to a couple of months to maybe even a year right. or short of a year, right? You have a place for them to, to stay. Yes. A and furnished place. Fully furnished. Yes. Fully furnished. So you have a market of people, um, that especially now, um, you know, they're traveling a lot. You have traveling nurses, you have traveling doctors, you have, um, you construction know, construction. Workers. That's where a lot of my clients are coming from. A lot of construction is picked back up. Um, since the pandemic and so you have a lot of them traveling to different cities to build different plants and guess what they need a place to stay um you know before the airbnb space they would opt to stay in these motels or hotels because they're staying for you know quite a few weeks and so of course a typical hotel bill can you know can get up there um, but when you have a rental property like a, a a corporate lease or something like that um you have the ability to kind of go a little bit lower than what a normal hotel would charge and make up the difference. And so um, I have people coming in from town and they may stay for three months or so, right? Um, Where a typical hotel rate may be like $200 a night. Well, I can charge $81 a night um, and still make good because I'm only paying maybe $30 a night technically if I break the monthly rent down on that particular property. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's just it's just a really great space to be in and there's just such a large spread of – um, opportunity there as far as income, you know? So uh, this sounds amazing, right? And I know a lot of people are going to say this sounds too good to be true. Yeah, it's definitely good and it's true. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like uh, our, our God. Um, but, you know, how did you learn about this? How, how did you even become aware that this type of play exists? Oh, man, it was an accident. 
It was accident and um, just trying to make some money, you know. Okay. And um, so what happened was I saw a lot of um, people renting out um, Airbnbs for like retreats. Because I mean, of course, you know, we're in the um, Christian space, Christian community space. We're both my husband and I were both pastors. Um, shout out to my husband, who's amazing. Um, but, you know, we found Big a lot Decatur. of... Decatur. Decatur was great. <laughs> um, we found there a lot of women were doing, like, church retreats in these. They would go in, on Airbnb and find these houses. And I'm like, well, I want to be on the other side of that. Why? How, where are they finding these houses? And so at that time, we had a beautiful 5,000-square-foot um, uh, house in Georgia. And I told my husband, I was like, hey... Let's go on the Airbnb space and just see what we can get for a property like this because they were paying thousands of dollars for a weekend. And so um, we did it. We kind of moved out of our own house, um, kept it fully furnished. We just moved all of our personal belongings into the garage and made a couple of thousands in a weekend. Mm. And so, of course, you know, we had to learn the hard way. We had HOA in our community, and that is not allowed. Um, however, we still made our money. Better ask for forgiveness. Right. You want 150? I get you 150 out of this. Yeah, we'll do it um, every month. Right. And <laughs> so that's kind of how we got into the space. It was like, oops, you know, just kind of, you know, did it. Um, and so after that, uh, we made our money from our, our house. We start looking into other ways, like, okay, well, if it was that easy for us to do this with our own house, how easy would it be to go and do this with somebody else's property mm. um, that may not have an HOA? So we just started to do a little bit of research, and I come across some information about corporate leases, uh, corporate leases um, for travel nurses. Okay. And so learned about that information. I'm like, okay, well, where are these traveling nurses staying? Because the I had a friend in, um, what do you call it? It's like HR where they find the job placements. I can't think of the name of recruiting. it. Recruiting. Recruiting. She was in recruiting. And, you know, a part of their package, they get like a stipend for where they can stay. And I'm like, okay, well, where are they staying? Um, mm. And she was like, some of them are staying in motels or they'll find an apartment in the area. Well, what type of apartment are they finding, right? Um, and so after I'd done a little bit of research into, you know, the type of places where they're staying, I learned that there are certain management companies that will allow for um, corporate leases. And so corporate leases, for those of you that are listening and you want to understand a little bit more about that, it's where a leasing office or a property management company will allow you, form an LLC or form, form whatever you need to form. Um, an entity. Form an entity, um, and you go out and you um, rent a property or lease a property under your business name. You rent a property under your business name, you fully furnish it. They understand that you're going to have tenants in and out. Um, and so that's pretty much the business and how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, of course, you go on platforms like Airbnb or you can um, connect with different companies and let them know, hey, I have properties available in your area for your traveling employees, and they will send you people and pay you up front. Um, for whatever your fee is. So let's just say you had a, a property, maybe like $1,400 a month, right? Um, I'm guessing that may average out about $30 a night. Okay. Two bedroom, maybe. Come pull, on, pull, man. Pull the calculators out. Most of the I'm really, really good with numbers, but I just don't have that part of my brain turning right All now. All right, so $46. I'm so, $46 so I'm trying to learn something right now. $46 a night, right? Did you figure that out? You get some help from Decatur. No, I, I got my calculator. Okay, there, okay. I, got, I am good with math, though, but yeah. I got my calculator. So $1,400 property. Yeah. So you, let's just say it's not in the city nowhere because, of, of course, you know, the closer you are to the city, the more the rent is going to be. Let's just say you got a property on the outskirts of the city, $1,400 a month. So that's going to average out about $46 a night. Now, say it's a two-bedroom. If you divide that by two, that's $23 a night. Mm-hmm. So you go and find a company that's willing to pay about $99 a night for a hotel anyway. And you charge them eighty nine. You charge them seventy nine a night for your property, um, and you make a really good return on your investment. So you're only paying fourteen hundred dollars a month, um, and let's just now, say they're quick, willing. You, you, you went down to the bedroom, and you said there's two bedrooms. Mm-hmm. So we took the forty six mm-hmm, divided by, by two. two. So we have two bedrooms, mm-hmm. right? Twenty three of each. Mm-hmm. Are you charging the per room per, per bed room? per yep. butt? Yeah, I want to make bed. sure. I want to yep. make sure yes. people understand that because. Yes. Now you really, you know, two x your 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 money, your exactly. return, right? Exactly. So now I'm getting eighty nine, seventy nine dollars per per room. room. Mm-hmm. Now, now, how do they feel about their um, employee staying in a um, apartment or a house mm-hmm. that has multiple beds, right? With somebody that 
that they don't know? Well, typically when I do it that way, they're typically from the same company. Okay. And so I've had up to four four nurses in one particular property. They all worked in the same facility. Okay. And so the company was okay with that because it's not a liability for them to have the same employees in the same property. Okay. So, um, but there's another side to that, right? Um, so there are properties where I list on um, certain sites like Airbnb or booking.com and um, it may just be a family that's wanting to come in town for a week or a family that's wanting to come in town for three months or so because the let's just say the spouse has a job gig on a construction site. Well, obviously those two bedrooms are going to go to that entire family or the entire unit is going to go to that entire um, family. And so the way that I charge them, I charge them is what they would pay for a regular hotel night. So if, if it's $199 in the area, I may charge them $149 a night. You know what I mean? Um, and so you let's just do the math on that. So I'm charging you $149 a night for 30 nights. I'm making $4,470. Take out my rent for $1,400. I'm making $3,000 for you being there for a right. month, right? And so it's a really good return on investment when you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. This is incredible that, that this opportunity exists with, or this marketplace really exists and, and not a lot of people know about it. I think a lot of people understand what Airbnbs are, especially right. from a, a, a consumer perspective. But, you know, you kind of walked us through that journey of how you stumbled upon this. But, mm-hmm. like, how, how have you been scaling? I mean, you moved from Atlanta to Dallas, yes. right? And, and you, it's a rinse and repeat type situation. Yeah. But, like, how, how did you learn um, – like the steps that you need to take to, to really get this scaled out. Um, as far as like with the with the property management office, like what the process was. Right. How, yeah, did, you, I got how a, did you refine I, your process? I got a few no's first. Um, and a lot of times when I got no's from different, you know, property management companies, they told me why they were saying no. So I knew what to tweak by the time I went to the next property. When I got to the, when I finally got a yes from some of those properties, I understood what they were looking for, what their criteria were. Um, and the fact that they got to get rid of these empty units. And so they were willing to give me two and three, sometimes 10 properties at a time, as, ma- as many I, as I could handle. And the way I judged how many I needed, I looked at um, how many bookings, like if I got one, I started looking at how many bookings am I getting in this area, typically. Um, like one, right now in Cartersville, um, Georgia, I, I didn't mean to say that, but right now in, in Cartersville, Georgia, if anybody's looking to invest in Georgia, it's, it's popping right now. And that's not even a, a really big city. Um, but I started getting uh, rental property requests uh, for one of my units out there. And I had some of the people that I trained, they got the units out there as well. I was probably getting two and three requests per day oh, wow. for people needing to come and say, so I was like, okay, well, this is a really good in- area for us to invest in. Um, and so that's how I make a determination as far as how many properties can we scale up in that particular area, um, just depending on how many requests are coming in. What's the demand for the area? And then you also want to look at things like um, what's being built in the area, right? Mm-hmm. So this particular area, there was a new Kia plant being built. It's going to take them about a year to c- complete this plant, uh, which means that they're in and out sending construction workers to work on this plant. And all the ancillary stuff that comes with it. Right. And so, of course, when they're looking for a place, you know, looking for places, we're right there. So you find out, okay, what's the name of this construction company? Um, They're probably going to need housing for the employees. You look at the city plans and, you know, go to your town hall meetings to figure out what's coming, what's what's about to happen. Start start contacting these companies. Say, hey, I got, you know, a couple of units available. How many people do you think you're going to have in the area? I can have some properties available for you. Now, let's just say they say they want 10 properties available but they only end up taking five, you can still list your other five on, you know, certain sites like booking.com and it's still going to get filled. Airbnb is still going to get filled. I want to go back to something that you said earlier. Um, You, 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 I don't think people understand um, in terms of a step-by-step process, what it looks like in terms of you reaching out to the apartments. Mm Mm-hmm. Break that down because, you, like, there's two. You're you're playing both sides of, yeah. of the of the field, right? And so, you've got your apartments mm-hmm. or um, uh, landlords if you mm-hmm. have a house, right? And then you've got your your prospects and people that are going to Booking.com, Airbnb.com, so on and so forth. Those are what do you call them? Tenants, mm-hmm. right? So, walk us through the process of building the relationship 
with the apartments or the the landlords? Yeah, so I mean, it's honestly, it's, it's not complicated. It's just as simple as giving them a call, asking to speak to a manager, and say, "Hey, do you guys do corporate leasing?" It's a yes or a no. Okay. Um, if it's a no, they're pretty stern on their no, and all of their properties are pretty stern on the no. If it's a maybe, then you just kind of got to negotiate and say, "Hey, you know, I'm willing to take care of maybe, like you just say, I'm willing to take care of maintenance up to two hundred dollars." Um, especially if you're in the business and you're making money, you're able to do that. I'm willing to take care of maintenance up to $200. Or I'm willing to pay your rent $1,400. I'm willing to pay $1,600 if you let me have the property. Okay. Um, a lot of times, of course, they want the properties moved and they're willing to take that extra. They'll say yes. And so those are my that's what I do with my maybes. Now, there are some companies that say, yes, absolutely. We welcome this type of community um, as long as you follow, you know, whatever the guidelines that they set. Like one company, um, their requirements is that, um, whoever stays for two weeks or more, 14 days or more, must submit a background check. Not a credit check, but just a background check. Okay, we can do that because we do that up front anyway. And so you just, you know, it's a matter of just calling around and just seeing which property management company um, is willing to do it. So you have an apartment. Let's just say you have an apartment called... Um, Adam's apartment. Adam, Adam's apartments. <laughs> yeah. Um, typically, they're run by a property management group. So, are you contacting Adam's apartment, or are you I'm contacting, contacting the group? I'm contacting the apartment because if the apartment says yes, that means the property management group, group says yes. yes. And so now I'm going to find all of the apartment complexes that are within that property management portfolio. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to go and see where they are. And sometimes they're a small company and they may have just a few within the radius or sometimes they're a national company and I can go state to state with this because mm. I know they're going to say yes. Yeah. So. And now you can just play in the same pond. Exactly. And rinse, over and over. Rinse and repeat. Over and over. Yeah. So, so now, that, and I hope that our visionaries understand that like when you go to a property management company and they say, yeah, we can do it. And by the way, can you do 10 of these? And you're like, absolutely. You know, let's scale this out. And so now you've got effectively 10 different, um, uh, streams of income exactly. coming from one property unit. One property. And another another partnership. Now, I'm giving my nuggets what I give in my class. Um, another another partnership you can make with a company, especially if you're getting good with a, particularly, a particular property management, um, is the people that they have coming into their office that are looking for a place to stay. Let's just say you got one of your units that's, you know, maybe sitting for a couple of weeks um, and it's fully furnished. If they have someone that's coming into the office looking for a furnished unit, well, guess what? You're already in the apartment complex, mm-hmm. and so you let them know this is what my rent will be. They can sign a lease, um, a sublease under my unit, and you can lease out my property for my price. And they'll pay you, and you pay me. And so now you open up all of the – you open up the apartment complex to more prospects because now they now can offer, you know, furnished units longer term, obviously, um, to some of the tenants that may not have a furnished property. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. That's all okay. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. rocking with you. you I, know, I'm, I told you when you, <laughs> I told you when I first talked, I was like, my partner's going to absolutely love to hear this. Yeah. So we, uh, we'll let the visionaries behind the curtain, right? So Cuff and I are, you know, part of an investment group. And we started mapping things out a couple of years ago. We were like, okay, we're we going to build houses or we're going to do Airbnbs or, you know, what, what are we going to do when we were mapping things out? It was a long time ago. But long story short, you were the one that said, hey, we got to do something from this whole Airbnb arbitrage. For sure. Point. You were the only person meeting, standing on the hill by yourself, waving that flag. And it they finally came back They don't want to listen. <laughs> they don't want to listen. It came back around big time. So uh, kudos to you. Like I said, thank you for, for being so open with the information Absolutely. and things like that. Let me push the ball forward. So you had things up and running in Georgia. Mm-hmm. You moved to Texas. Yes. Two-part question. One, how do you manage things back in Georgia? Mm-hmm. Two, how do you go about, for lack of better words, scaling or getting the baby up and walking on its own here in Texas? Okay, let me answer the first part of your question. Um, the, uh, the the great thing about being in this space is I don't have to be on the properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can have move-ins and move-outs without me being there. A lot of your newer um, apartment complexes have keypads now, um, which makes this so much more easier because now all I have to do is give out the keypad code, and I can change the keypad code. Some of them have apps where you can actually just change the keypad code. So if they're moving in, I just give them the keypad code to move in. 
Um, and when they're leaving, um, of course, they clean up and they leave. But then I send my cleaning company in there to clean it up, take pictures, make sure we nothing's broken. We need to broken. talk. We need to talk. <laughs> uh, make sure nothing's broken. They take pictures for me to let me know whether or not I need to go after the company or the tenant for any damages that was had. Um, and so they take pictures, they clean up, they take pictures, and they're out um, on, on the Internet letting my next tenant know, hey, you can move in, here's the code. And so, so it's oh. hands-free. I, I'm, we're not trying to get in your pockets, but we do want to paint a realistic picture for uh, our visionaries. Mm-hmm. So going back to the example of, hey, it's $1,400 a month, mm-hmm. right? Not and, all properties, but right, right. that's an example. But, but yeah. with this example, right, and uh, you're clearing three grand after everything, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Remember? Okay. Mm-hmm. What additional overhead mm-hmm. are you looking at? Because you just mentioned cleaning. What about cable or electricity, water, trash, sewage? Like when you when it's when you call everything down, what is the realistic expectations on return on investment? Right. So that's a really good question. So let me let me just kind of go through what I look for before I even sign a lease. Okay. I look for apartments that already have a wash and dryer included, cables included, um, and Wi Fi is included. So, so that saves me. Yeah, that saves me a lot of overhead. Um, just by not having to have those things installed because it's already in the property. Um, water and lights. I'm typically paying about $25 for water. Um, and I'm typically paying a about month? Mm-hmm, a month. Um, and typically about one, one fifteen for the lights a month. Yeah, now this is in Georgia. You got to think too, if you're, if, if, if somebody who's in one of those properties, if they're a construction worker or a traveling nurse, they're only sleeping there. Right. It's not like they're, they're just there and coming back. 10, 12 hours a day just hanging out, watching TV, playing on the internet. Like a construction worker, he's on site. He's only using that space to sleep. Right. A traveling nurse is well, all it's on not even that, 36, though. 24 hours. And then right. they, they, you know. It's and not even that. They have waters that water fees that are set. Like it's $25 flat. Yeah. Like there's no, it's not going to fluctuate. I, it's been a while since I've lived in an apartment, but I thought it was somewhat communal in yeah. terms of like. On the it depends the on the property. Yeah, it okay. depends on the property. That's why I was like, because wow. some of the properties are individually metered too. Yeah, and so it like especially like some of my properties that I have in South Georgia are individually metered, um, and so it just goes according to what that particular unit uses. And so my weeks that I or my my week or two that I may not have anyone in there, obviously I'm not paying for paying much for that, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and so another fee that I add into my price when I give my quotes to, you know, the employer or when I put it on these websites is I put a utility fee in there. So that's not included in my rent. You're mm. going to pay that utility fee as well. Um, and it just depends. Like sometimes I may charge like $50 for a utility fee if you're only staying for a week. Um, and most people are fine with paying it, you know? And so I look for properties that make it easier on my budget. So the, so you have your utility fees, you also need to have um, renter's insurance, obviously. Um, the company that I go with, they charge me $25 per unit. Mm. Um, so that's per month, per unit. Um, and then you have uh, your furniture bill. Your furniture bill is probably going to be your most expensive bill. And I always tell my, my um, coaching clients, don't take the cheap way out, but take the sturdy way out, okay? Um, it does not have to be luxury properties because you got to remember these people that are moving in, it's not home for them. So they really, they want to be comfortable, but they don't really care um, because it's not their home and they're not decorating it. So they want to know that the couch is sturdy as long as it don't fall apart. They want to make sure that it's clean, you know, so those type of things. They don't really care if it has a headboard in the room or not. They just want to know, is the pillow comfortable? You know, and so when you think about that, I typically average, the last one we just did, I think we averaged about $800. I don't know. It, it was the most amazing spend, $800 to furnish the entire one-bedroom apartment. Wow. Um, and so that's ordering stuff off of Amazon. That's going to the Goodwill to get, like, certain decorations. And I listen, okay, how much money you make? Always try to find ways to cut costs. And so we go to Goodwill, and we get the $1 books, and we put them on the bookshelf. And that's a whole uh, piece of decoration. Um, the the uh, 2 $3 plants, you put those at the plastic plants, obviously. Um, you put that in there, index them down real good, you put those in your properties. That's a nice little little piece there. Um, and so th- you just find ways to cut corners to save money but still make it look comfortable and homey, but not so much to where people are like, okay, this is my home, so i got to fall in love with it. They're not going to fall in love with it. They just want a clean place to sleep. Mm-hmm. So. so on average, when in your pockets, okay, what, what should, if we follow your formula, what should um, – 
your students or, or, or other people that are following suit? Like, what should be the return on investment per property? How much should mm. we? How much should we be cash flowing? And I know that's a jaded, you know, kind of loaded yeah. question, but just on average, because I'm not really good with that the percentage of that, but I would say about 90, 90, 90 to hundred, maybe more percent return. Got to think about it. If let's just say we we'll use round numbers, let's just say the rent on the units fifteen hundred bucks, right? So like she said, you just divide that by thirty. So you like making for you bring it four grand. It's back. like it's like fifty fifty bucks a night, right? I think round numbers off the top of my head. Yeah, I think it's like fifty bucks a night, right? Roughly. So if she's charging, let's say market, but let's say market rent for a hotel in the area which is one hundred and fifty. Well, she can still come in and say, okay, construction company X Y Z or travelers company X Y Z. As opposed to you staying in a hotel for 150 a night, you guys come stay at my property for 129 a night or 100 a night, knowing that it only costs her 50. Right. So then you just start playing with the numbers, and at that point you can you can essentially look at a unit and say, okay, how much do I want to make per month per unit? Well, no, I I get that, but you have visionaries that are watching, visionaries that are listening and trying to say, okay, this makes sense. What should I expect to make? They could say, hey, my monthly bills are, like, for myself, are $3,000, okay? And if I'm making, you know, $100 a night per unit, I need 30 units. No. No. $100 per night. night Per unit. In one unit. That's three grand right there. That's three grand in one unit. And so you got to think about like like the example that I just gave you. If if my if my revenue from my cash flow is three thousand dollars, I'm making four. But if my cash flow is three thousand dollars, yeah, we're talking cash bills, flow. So I got one unit bringing me three thousand dollars a month. Right. So that means if I want more than that, ten units is going to bring me thirty 30. grand a month. Yeah. So that's what you got to look at those numbers from that perspective. Thirty thousand dollars a month. That's ten units, and you can literally have that in one complex, or you can have it in, in multiple complexes. So. Not to make you the queen of all short-term rentals. Because I'm not. <laughs> I'm just having fun but, making money. But you're a queen. You're a queen. Why doesn't everybody do this? Because they don't understand it. They don't understand it. Um, I mean, it's been 35 minutes or so. Uh-huh. And you've literally laid it all out. I did. Like A why? lot of people, let me tell you this, and this is what I deal with, and this is why I can charge what I charge. The hump that people have to get over, the biggest hump that people have to get over is fear. You better speak, preacher. That's the that's the biggest hold up is people just don't believe that they can do it and they don't believe that it's possible. Like I'm telling you it works. I'm an example that it works. I have past <laughs> students that show you that it's working, but yet and still um, people are still afraid. And so if you and, and, and the reason why I'm I'm so hands on in, in my courses is because I gotta move people from that place of fear mm. of the unknown. Yes, ma'am. And some people are afraid of what if it don't work? Well let me coach you on what to do if it don't work. Because unlike other re- real estate properties, if this don't work, what's the worst that can happen? Oh man, I broke my lease. Goodbye, on to the next. <laughs> yep. It's in my business name. You know, and I hate to look at it like that, but people are so afraid of what if I lose or what's going to happen? But you got to think about, you got to weigh your risk to reward. What if you lose? What's the worst that could happen? Okay, the worst that can happen is the I have to break my lease. And I, breaking your lease. Well, I'm going to move my furniture out. That's true. I'm taking my That's furniture true. with me. And so maybe I lost a $300 deposit. Maybe. Or maybe I lost the, the, the first month's rent. But if you didn't make any moves in your first month, you, yeah, you're going to lose that first month's mm. rent. But the end of the day is I'm not losing fifty a $50,000 down, down payment. Mm-hmm. I'm not losing a mortgage. I don't have a foreclosure going on. I just got a broken lease in my company's name. And so now I just pick up and move on to the next. That is good. It don't, it don't work over here in this city, okay? All right. Well, let me go over here to this city. Has that happened to you? No. But it has happened to some of my students. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say all the time? Well, what we want is on the other side of fear. Oh, everything that we want is on the other side of fear. 100%. Everything. And, and you know, I could literally, we could do this for yeah. a couple of hours. But um, you're, you're, you're talking about mindset, and that is the core tenet of this show. Mm, um, okay. Overcoming fear is what we just um, talked about. What type of mindset do you have to have to do this? 
I don't care. <laughs> this is how I am. You know, I really think you have to have the mindset of, and I guess for me, you know, I, I, I think in I think in this way, and I don't know if it's because of how I grew up or the life I've lived. Um, I'm always thinking like, what's the worst that can happen? Mm. Is it going to kill me? If it's not going to kill me, let's roll. Let's let's run the play. You know, and that's just how I look at things. I love that. Um, you know, we you're gonna lose some, you're gonna win some, but if you have a positive mindset, you'll win more than you lose. Where did that come from? For me personally, yeah. uh, I think it's just my life, my life and how I grew up. Um yeah, before I get into all of that. It's just it's just, you know, I didn't have the the glamorous life growing up, but it was just like, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I've been put out on the street before, I've had cars repoed before, I've lost jobs before. I mean, I've lost a son. Oh wow! So, what's the worst that could happen As to a me mother, at this that point? Is, you that's know, the ultimate. Um, I think the lesson you learn in in and throughout all this stuff is the sun keeps coming up the next day. It's gonna always come up, whether you're there or not. That's the one thing that's guaranteed is that the sun is gonna come up every single morning, with or without you. So you might as well participate. You know, the Bible says joy comes in the morning. We've been made and do it for a night, but joy comes in the morning, which means there's a light on the other side of the darkness. Are you working full time right now? No, I haven't worked a job in seven years. How's my daughter? She just turned nine. So eight years, Mm. eight years. And I want people to understand that. Like this could be what you do for a living. How much time do you put in a day? um, To that particular business? Yes. It's, it, it runs on its own. So literally, it's just a matter of okay, we got to move out today. Cleaning company, go take pictures. Here, move in. That's maybe ten minutes. We'll be gracious and say an hour. That's a long time. <laughs> I ain't got that kind of time. Yeah. We're using for round numbers. Listen, listen, round numbers, listen, hours. I, want, okay. I need people to understand. We're talking about, and I'm being like overly generous, yeah. right? And saying an hour. I'll even say five hours a week. Yeah. To make thirty thousand dollars a month. I mean, you're you're. The most time you're going to spend is setting up the apartment. Yeah, it's, it, it becomes automatic. It becomes that. automatic because after you set up your first few, it's like, okay, all the beds look the same. All the comforters look the same. All the pictures, I get everything the same. Every every unit is going to look the same. You may have one or two differences, but I know. I got a team now. You go in there. That way, this if, how something put it up. if something's got to be replaced, you know, I, I need, I need exactly. one. Exactly. Yeah. And so. So we're, we're talking mindset, right? Yeah. You don't care what type of mindset people have. Sun's going to come up. What's the worst can happen? Um, but at some point, you got to put that CEO hat on. Right. Right. You got to put that business owner hat on. Can you talk to us about, and like you said, you'd work jobs that had been let go and car repoed, et cetera. So you've experienced loss and, and, and fail, quote unquote, failure or lessons, as we like to say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what is that transition or what was that transition like for you from I no longer am employed by somebody versus I am employing people to do a job. Let me see the best way that can answer that. Um, I've always struggled having a job. Like I've always been that type of person where if I'm not in a leadership role, I'm not going to be able to function very well (laughs) because I give direction better than I can just accept it sometimes. And that's just the truth. Now, hey, you know, <laughs> you know, and so my husband some has had to really work on me with this instruction hey. thing, but I think I got it. I think some I people got ain't it. bored, you know, to just take orders. like Right. That. Well, and, and it probably because I'm so analytical in certain things. So if you give me an instruction, I'm thinking it all the way through in areas that you may not have yeah, thought about. Like, that don't make and sense. And then it doesn't make sense. So it's kind of hard for me to flow with you without giving you some feedback that you may take as pushback. Right. <laughs> um, and so I found myself. I know why you're laughing. <laughs> And so, you know, now being in the position that I'm in where I have clients, where I have people that work for us, it's easier for me to think from a mindset of, okay, I know what you experience or what you're experiencing as an employee or as a subcontractor. And I want to make sure that I give you the best possible solution to make your job easier. Um, and so, th- you know, that's what it is for me. It's like I, I understand both sides of it. And so it's easier for me to deal with people that work for me or work with me um, because I look at it as this is a partnership for us all. And mm-hmm. that's how I wanted to feel at my job. So I wanted to feel like we're doing this together. I know you're making the most money because you got the management role, but I'm technically working I'm doing everything. Work. I'm doing all the work. So this should be a more of a partnership, you know, type <laughs> of thing. And so, you know, that's how I kind of approach, you know, 
who I, who works for us and and you know who we bring on board. Um, thank you for your time. First of all, I know, like I said, Cuff said we could do this for hours, right? But yeah, do, we do want to be respectful of your time. Um, before we kind of wind things down, what's the number? You know what? Not number one. What's the most important thing you learned about yourself going mm. through this? The most important thing I've learned about myself. And then so I got. Like, a, I, I have a follow up to that as well. Okay, so like we on the Oprah show. Yeah. Um, the most important thing I've learned about myself. I don't know. Um, I would say just thinking about in general in business. Um, my husband's my business partner, right? Um, and so in a marriage, you kind of see, you can kind of see yourself. And I realized that I'm more of a forerunner forward thinker that I don't necessarily have the means to sit and put together systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it you're has caused picture. me, right, I'm more big picture. And so it has caused me to kind of, you know, take a step back and understand systems because without systems and without infrastructure, your whole thing gonna collapse. Um, and so I've learned, you know, if that helps any, I've learned that, um, you know, I've learned to respect who I am as the big picture person, but I need somebody that's a systems person to be with me. That's the area that I'm weak in. I learned to to accept the areas that I'm weak in um, and allow someone to fill that void mm. for where I'm weak. And in business, you got to be able to do that. It's balance. Yeah. That's beautiful. You have to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, so, yeah. What was your question you asked? What's, your, what's the most important thing she learned about herself? Another question, didn't you? No, no, no I did. I did. Oh, okay. My follow up is: what What do people need to know about themselves before jumping into something like this? You got to know what you're good at. You got to know what you're good at. So I'm gonna tell. You, I'm gonna be honest with you. We run about seven different companies. Um, in the beginning, when we first kind of launched out, um, we took over my husband's family business, which is non-emergency transportation. It's a 22 year old company, made millions, and when it got in our hands, it just it went bye bye. Okay. Um, one of the things that I learned during that process and even as we kind of, you know, matriculated over into other businesses is that I needed to learn, um, again, going, just going back to what we talked about, I needed to learn what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And when you learn what you're not good at, you go and find what you're good. What you go and find the people that are yeah, good at what, what you're, you're not, not good, good at. at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that way you can continue to grow and you can continue to thrive. Did I answer your question? Yeah, and I'll just hinge on that a little bit and say, like, what do um, if someone is entering into this type of business or or wants to jump into this business, mm-hmm. what do they really need to know? Um, what should they expect? We're talking about on the, on the educational side of things. The very first thing that they probably want to do is learn about business. Learn about and, and and don't engulf yourself watching podcasts at the podcast, YouTube at the YouTube. Just the Vision Lab just, podcast. Just I mean, of course, watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this one. Um, but sometimes we just get we get we become information fanatics that we never move. And then we get paralyzed by information. Analysis by paralysis. Paralysis by analysis, right? And so if, if I have to tell them anything, get the basics, make, go ahead and make the mistakes. That way you can make the mistakes as you go, not trying to scope out what mistakes you're going to make or you could potentially make, you know, and you're just wasting so much time. Start your business, build your business credit. That's another thing that I teach my, my students. Build your business credit. Use other people. Fumble other people's money, not yours, mm. okay? Um, and then just go out there. Make the phone call. Matter of fact, people in listening to this podcast right now, you can get we can be done with this podcast by morning. Call your first apartment complex when they open and just ask them. You, you don't do even have to have a real plan in place. You don't even have to have your business. Just ask them. You guys do corporate leasing. Do you do corporate leasing? Yes or no? And they're gonna say yes. And you're gonna feel all the feels in that moment. Or they're gonna say no. And you hang up, call somebody else. And you just, and you just keep doing it. Yeah, you just get better. And then when you start time. getting your yeses, make your list of yeses and then go start. Yeah. You don't need anything. You don't need a degree to start. You don't need anything else to start. Just the phone. Just the phone. Just go. And the courage to say, hey, I'm out here now. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. 
So um, you mentioned your husband, um, and you have seven different businesses that you manage and operate. Um, I know one of the things that you guys have going on is a big, big deal coming up in, yes. in January. So I definitely want to make sure that we, we, we talk about that. What do you and your husband have going on uh, next month? So in January, crossing over into the new year, I'm so excited. So um, we launched out and did a tour in 2023. It was a free tour, actually, um, called Enhance Your Business um, Tour. And it derived from my Enhance Your Business Boot Camp, where I teach entrepreneurs and teach them how to scale their businesses. No matter what business you're in, I teach you how to scale it, right? As long as it's legal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we went on tour, went to city to city in the United States, and I just felt the Lord saying, take it overseas. And so next year... Um, in January, we're going to be taking a group of entrepreneurs um, to London to learn about um, starting business in London. But I'm also going to do some mastermind training there, bringing in some other people. And I'm also going to empower them to become international speakers as well. And so we'll spend six days in London. Um, we'll learn about doing business in London. We'll learn about dual citizenship, um, the money that can be made there. And of course, you know, this is going to be a, a annual thing. So we're going from country to country learning about doing international business. Cause I just believe that you got to go beyond your city. You got to go beyond your state. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, just out of curiosity, why London? If I give you the answer, you probably look at me crazy. I'm going to look at you crazy. All right. Cause the Lord says so. There it is. <laughs> and I will not look at you crazy. <laughs> like, and, and as a matter of fact, the Lord didn't even tell me that he told my husband. Well, there you go. And so my husband had, you know, he's, he's a very devout, man of God. I love him. Um, he was praying and the Lord gave him this map and this drawing. And it was like different points. And he told me, these are the next five countries. And they meant something very, very deep. But if you ask me, I can't tell you what it meant. Well, we can um, ask the cater later. <laughs> yeah, please ask the cater. Cause I mean, he has a very profound uh, revelation as to why we're starting in London and yeah. then where we're going next. So that's just, where it came from. Just be still and be obedient. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Well, P, I think it's that time. Um, it is. But, but, but before we do, I think we would be remiss if we didn't give you the opportunity for all of our visionaries to connect with you. Yes. To learn more about the trip, um, you know, how they can find it, how they can find you, your husband, you know, put all your socials out there. Sure, all the ways that, yeah, days, but let's go. All out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the easiest thing is just to find us on socials. I'm Jasmine Dudley Official on Instagram, TikTok, um, Facebook. Um, my husband is Kenyon Dudley, Kenyon R. Dudley, I'm sorry, Kenyon R. Dudley um, on Instagram, on all socials, actually. The tour is EYBtour.com. Um, that's Enhance Your Business, EYBtour.com. And all of the information about our other cities and London is already on there. So um, you can also go to Linktree, All Things Jasmine. That's where you're going to find information about our publishing house, information about the direct sales company that we just launched for women, whoop, whoop. Um, information about uh, the speaking courses that we have and all the other things that we do. So Busy bees. Yes. I love it. Love it. Well, we're going to pray over y'all, safe travels, and that the connections are made, that the people are positively impacted and influenced by what you guys are doing, and that the movement grows that, you know, every single um, every single year that you guys do that. Amen. So that being said, it's time to land the plane as we close out the show. All right. We ask these questions to everybody we have on the show. Hot seat. Let's go. Something like <laughs> it. So it's you. And there are five other seats at a round table. You get to have anybody you want at the table. The only stipulation we put on that is that you can't have God at your table. It's too easy. Okay. Or, or Jesus. Jesus. You're already at the table, <laughs> it's too right? Easy. Outside um, of that, dead or alive. Five people at the table? Yep. Dead or alive? Dead or alive. I don't know if I want nobody dead at the table. I would probably have hmm, Myron Golden. Y'all about to run? No. Nope. We ain't never heard Myron Golden. Oh, please find Uncle Myron. Mm. Myron Golden would probably be one. Um, who else? Um, Russell Brunson. Are these like people from Atlanta? No. Some high school friends? These are global multimillionaires. Mm. Some billionaires. I would have Grant Cardone at the table. There's three. And I would have my husband at the table. That's four. He got the fourth slot. 
Uh, oh, I got one more. Um, <laughs> well, hold on. You just made it. You just made why, it. Why, 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 just made it. Why did the cater get the four slot? Well, I was going here, 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 and then here. Okay. I'm looking so at he's the closest seats in the to room. You. He's closest. He's the closest to, to okay, me, okay. right? Because if you know, he's your co- okay. Right. I got you. Um, one more person I would have sitting at the table with me, um, Rosa Parks. That's a good one. Yeah. Good well, I'm just curious. Where does Rosa sit? Rosa's oh. sitting next. She's sitting next to me. But is she next to Grant? She probably is next to Grant. I think she's next to Grant. I think she needs to sit I next to Grant. Think she's yeah. And Russell. She she's sitting next to Grant and Russell. <laughs> hey, as long as she's not in the back. No, 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 no. no. She's sitting next to Grant and Russell. Shout out to Adam for being the first person to catch him when he asked that question. Oh, man. I love yeah, it. I this has been a pleasure. <laughs> no, that's amazing. That's amazing. No, that's a um, an awesome list. Uh, make sure you get Rosa up the front. So she can walk yes. in first. Yes. Um will take care of good. Yeah, for sure. Grandma Rosa. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it though. Um, what's the long term vision for Jasmine Dudley? Long term vision, um to continue to pull us out of the poverty mindset. Mm. Why is that so important to you? Because I've been there. And I understand making money, but still having an impoverished mind, mm. which causes you to keep losing it. And you're in this never-ending cycle Come on, sis. of defeat, and you can't get out, Come and generations on. after you can't get out. So if we can break the mindset, we can set up our generations for good wealth, good health, good life. Mm. I need to take a moment because that was big. Mm. That was big. Um, in case you didn't know, there's a magical time machine here in the lab. Okay. What advice would you be giving yourself from five years ago? Mm, what could I say to myself now from five years ago? Mm-hmm. You're looking Today back. Looking back. To tell her, uh, I would tell her that you're going to experience betrayal heartbreak um, and the higher that you go um, you're going to experience people the Bible says that he prepares a table in the presence of your enemies Enemy. you're going to recognize the people at the table and they're going to be really close to you and it don't mean you any good it don't mean you any good so at the table so you got Rosa and Grant up at the Not that front. table. Oh, okay. Not that table. <laughs> Not that table. In the presence of my enemies. Yeah. That you're going to recognize them. Mm. Um, and in every level that you ascend to, you're going to have to drop off some people. Voluntarily or involuntarily. That's good. And it's going to hurt. That's good. But girl, you're going to get through it. Yes, ma'am. But everybody okay. can't go. And everybody can't go. It's not meant for everybody. It's not. Listen, let me say this one thing. I was listening to a TikTok or something. I was listening to something, and it said um, that the eagle, um, when it's flying, the only animal that dares to attack an eagle is a crow. But the crow gets on top of the eagle and starts pecking at his neck. The eagle's, yeah. But the eagle does not respond, does not react. It just soars higher. higher. And the higher it goes, the more complicated it becomes for the crow to breathe. And mm-hmm. so it eventually falls off so i would say to your visionaries tonight to keep soaring keep soaring keep soaring mm. um i'm gonna fast forward the clock five years from now mm-hmm. so forgive me but i'm going to make you a little bit older okay what advice is that older version of jasmine she's looking back at you today what advice is she telling you today in december 2023 mm. The advice that she would be giving me would be to continue to be intentional with your children because they're the ones that's going to carry your legacy. Um, that's a big thing for me. That's a big thing for me. Amen. Um, and so my future self would tell me to continue to be and invest. My greatest investment is in my family. And so to continue to invest in my husband, continue to invest in my children. I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. Uh, 
Jasmine, this has been such an honor for me specifically. Mo knows that. <laughs> but also uh, to our visionaries that, that are tuning in, um, I just want to say thank you. Thank this you for having me. This has been so rewarding uh, for me. I'm excited. This instantly jumped up to my top ten off rip. What? Yeah. I made it to the top ten. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't even listened to watch this yet. But, no, super um, impactful. And Amen. I'm very grateful for you jumping into the lab with us uh, today. And so uh, to all of our visionaries that are tuning in, remember each one of our guests are dropping nuggets of wisdom here on the Trail of Life. Ultimately, my friends, it's up, for, up to you to pick them up. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ryan Mosley. He's Ryan Cuffey. Thank you again to our guest, Jasmine Dudley. And uh, we'll see you guys next time another episode of the Vision Lab Podcast. Blessings. <laughs>